Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. We begin today with Matthew chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. And they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. Don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What sorrow awaits you teachers of the religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the door of the kingdom of God in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves, and you won't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cross land and sea to make one convert. And then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you! For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple. But that is a that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind! For which is more important? The gift on the altar, or the altar that makes the gift sacred. When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, 
faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat. But you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and this but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence, you blind Pharisee. First wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets." But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, son of vipers. How will you escape the judgment of hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law, but you will kill some by crucifixion. And you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time. From the murder of from the murder of righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Berechiah whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on this very generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones stones God's messengers. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Now... Look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Also, we're reading Luke chapters 20 and 21. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law and the elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all of these things? Who gave you the right? 
Let me ask you a question first, he replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it among, over amongst themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will say, why didn't we believe John? But if we say it's merely human, the people will stone us because they are convinced John was a prophet. So they finally replied that they didn't know. Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Now Jesus turned to the people again and told them this story. A man planted a vineyard, leased it to tenant farmers, and moved to another country to live for several years. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop, but the farmers attacked the servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant, but they also insulted him, beat him up, and sent him away empty-handed. A third man was sent, and they wounded him and chased him away. What will I do? the owner asked himself. I know. I'll send my cherished son. Surely they'll respect him. But when the tenant farmer saw his son, they said to each other, Here comes the heir of the estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do to them? Jesus asked. I'll tell you. He will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. How terrible that such a thing should ever happen, his listeners protested. Jesus looked at them and said, Then what does this scripture mean? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. The teachers of the religious law and their leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. But they were afraid of the people's reaction. Watching for their opportunity, the leader sent spies pretending to be honest men. They tried to get Jesus to say something that could be reported to the Roman governor so that he would arrest Jesus. Teacher, they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their trickery and said, Show me a Roman coin. Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer, and they became silent. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders, who say that there is no resurrection from the dead. They poised this 
question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow but also died. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them who died without children. Finally, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, marriage is for people here on earth. But in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage and they will never die again in this respect they will be like the angels they are children of God and children of the resurrection but now as whether the dead will be raised even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. For they are all alive to him. Well said, teacher, remarked some of the teachers of the religious law who were standing there. And then no one dared to ask him any more questions. Then David, then Jesus presented them with a question. Why is it, he asked, that the Messiah is said to be the son of David? For David himself wrote in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Since David called the Messiah Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? Then, with the crowds listening, he turned to his disciples and said, Beware of these teachers of religious law. They like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces. And how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Some of his disciples began talking about the majestic stonework of the temple and the memorial decorations on the walls. But Jesus said, The time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. 
teacher, they said. When will all this happen? What sign will you will show us that these things are about to take place? He replied, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and saying the time has come, but don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. Then he added, Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes. There will be famines and plagues in many lands. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You'll be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. And when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know that the time of its destruction has arrived. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem must get out. And those out in the country should not return to the city. But those will be days of God's vengeance. And the prophetic words of, of the scriptures will be fulfilled. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. For there will be disaster in the land and great anger against this people. They will be killed by the sword or sent away as captives to all the nations of the world. And Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. For the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. And when all of these things begins to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Then he gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know without being told that summer is near. 
In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the from the scene until all of these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Every day, Jesus went to the temple to teach, and each evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. The crowds gathered at the temple early each morning to hear him. So much truth of what we've read today in in these Gospels, truth from Jesus. But as Jesus is confronting those Pharisees, Sadducees, those teachers of religious law, Jesus says this, The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the principle of humility, the principle of the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Just as in Jesus' day, so many times today, people want to be lifted up. They want to be praised. Jesus says that shouldn't be our concern. Our concern should be his concern. To only bring glory to the Father in heaven. That is not going to bring us glory in this world. And yet we know that when we do this, we'll be able to stand before the Son of God, knowing that we have served Him alone. Our humility in this life will bring greatness in the life to come. But my friends, don't think of this greatness as greatness for ourselves. Greatness that we are going to be lifted up. That we will be the ones that will have crowns of authority. Thrones to rule over others. That's not, not the kind of greatness that we are talking about here. This is the place of God and the place of His Son. No, the greatness that we are going to have is to be with Him and to be in his presence. When we have this, we need nothing else. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day. And we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.